like that time period's version of a crypto Amazing. bro. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. It's such an accurate description. I mean, like without even having seen the movie, I'm like, it's such an accurate description of like their persona. <laughs> Dark In ages general. crypto bros. I'm trying to like <laughs> guess this, like it's a trivia question, but I can't come up with it. What are we talking about? The last duel. The last, the last duel. duel. Oh yeah. <laughs> And welcome to Murder Husbands, an in-depth episode-by-episode discussion of Brian Fuller's Hannibal based on characters from the novels by Thomas Harris. We are Popsicle, a group of like-minded creators who enjoy getting together to have big conversations for big stories. I am Claire Thorne, and as always, I am joined by my delightful Popsicle family. Um, First off, the wonder twins of shoulder shimmying, Lisa K. Weber and Kelly Sumilano. And I'm just, I'm, I'm introducing you together because yes, we're often introduced (laughs) together. It's okay. Yes. And we do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We we're, yeah, we are, we're the wonder twins of shoulder shimmying. That's us. Yes. Hi. Yes. (laughs) Very real. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And next Justin Penniston, the man who knows the difference between hanged and hung. Hi, Justin. I have so much experience with both. Um, Out of context, it's beautiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Oh my. And last but not least, our fearless leader, our joie de vie, Philip Kelly. Our je ne sais quoi. (laughs) Our je ne sais quoi. Yes, all of those things. Bonjour. Hi, Philip. Bonjour. Salut. Salut. Oh my goodness, are we ready to do this? We are diving into a discussion about season three, episode six, Dolce, which I always want to say, and Gabbana, but uh-huh. I don't think we have the Gabbana necessarily. <laughs> there might be a little bit of Gabbana involved in this. Episode so before seven, we dive into Gabbana. our. <laughs> <Gabbana>. <laughs> Before we dive into this discussion, though, we are once again going to have a delightful, enlightening, um, historically accurate summary um, read to us by Justin and Lisa. Take it away. We open with Hannibal hobbling through the streets of a curiously deserted Florence, eventually finding rest in a steamy bath, getting sponged and stitched by Bedelia. She tells him he's finally cooked his own goose and packs him a a getaway bag, being all like, this is where you leave me. But also tells that it also tells them, meaning the authorities, that I had nothing to do with this. Kay, thanks. (laughs) Jack and Will have come together and are discussing their plan for capturing Hannibal and they decide the best place to start is probably in the home of the person he killed and is now impersonating. Work that FBI training. (laughs) Work W E R K. <laughs> Work. Let's clarify. Meanwhile, Bedelia helps herself to some heroin just in time to have a chit chat with Chio. Everyone is in town searching for Hanny. Bedelia and Chio exchange I see you, girl, before Bedelia passes out in a heroin haze, only to be disturbed by a knock at the door. Can a girl just get her self care? Oops, it's Jack and Will. Bedelia gives a truly inspired performance of Stockholm Syndrome, and Jack and Will are both like, ugh. 
<laughs> Back at the horror ranch, Mason and crew learn that Patsy is toast and scramble to come up with another bounty plan. Alana is like, one person isn't enough. Let's buy off an entire department. So of course they do, because rich people. Margo is about to make arrangements, but has to be sexually harassed by her gross brother first, who says, A, sorry I stole your uterus, and B, let's make a baby together. OMG, go to jail! Thankfully, Margo and Alana begin a super steamy relationship, which I absolutely love for them. And after a particularly gorgeous sex scene, Margo asks Alana if she has any experience harvesting sperm. The badassery knows no limits. Back in Florence, things are picking up a different kind of steam. An inspector shows up to the Pretendfell's residence to question Bedelia and Jack about Hannibal's history in America. Where do we even begin, am I right? While Will goes to find Hannibal drawing a picture of him and Bedelia as angels or something, weirdo, they have a deeply beautiful conversation before leaving together. And just as Will goes to pull a knife and shank Hannibal mid-forgiveness, he shot sniper style by Chio. Girl, whose side are you on? Hannibal takes Will to yet another hideout, a.k.a. the house of someone he killed, cleans him up and sedates him. He's feeding him thyme and parsley, so you know it's not good. Jack shows up and gets his Achilles sliced. They both are stuck at this dinner table, and when Hannibal reaches for the cranial saw, we all know what's coming. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Except we don't get that far. The entire police department that Verger and Co. were talking about? Yep, they did their job and found this freak show just in time to nab Hannibal and Will, hang them up in a truck full of pig carcasses, and deliver them to Mason. How Will survived hanging upside down for literal hours with an actual saw gash in his forehead remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Hannibal and Will deserve a spa day after that last scene. Like, just both of them, they've been through... Well, they're going to get a spa day, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Delightfully so. Thank you so much. That was delightful, as ever. Um, you know, guys, everyone, y'all, it's girls' night on Hannibal this episode. The women, the women are stepping up, taking control mm -hmm. of their destinies, I think, and kicking some ass. Well, Chio's, you know, doing stuff. But the Oscar definitely goes to our our fave, Ms. Bedelia du Maurier. Um, but yeah, I just want to talk about the girls in this episode. They're they're making things happen. Um, who would like to go first in our adoration hey, of the ladies? OMG, um, I loved, loved, loved everything for all of our ladies this episode. Oh man. I loved Bodelia just being like, you can't tell me that I'm not faking it. <laughs> you can't tell me that I am faking it. Gorgeous, gorgeous performance by Jillian Anderson in this episode. And also I loved the, um, I loved the way that the love scene was shot between Alana and Margot so gorgeous, like an actually sexy sex scene, which is a nice change of pace. Um, plus, I just loved that for them, two women who've just been hung the fuck out to dry by the men in their life, finding love in a hopeless place. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it comes after, it comes after the, I forget who's talking about Will and Hannibal, probably Bedelia being conjoined twins. 
Yeah. And then we cut to, we go back to this sex scene where they are literally depicted as yeah. being the same body mm-hmm. or, oh. you know, it was echo, to me. Echoes just of, gorgeous. Echoes of Bergman again there. Beautiful. Um, and then Shio, I mean, come on. Shio is like, she's like our Black Widow. Yeah. She's like, yeah, she's here. So she's going to walk away the winner. <laughs> she's just so cool as hell. Like she really is. Even yeah. in the awkward elevator scene moment with Jack, where they're both going to the same floor. It's like, <laughs> she's still like, yeah, it's like, these are two incredibly cool people that are just in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this but yeah. case that looks like it carries a gun. Uh, no, mm-hmm. it's my very large oboe. It's fine. <laughs> and it's I love how good. it's just like, oops, wrong floor. <laughs> Please excuse me and my sniper <laughs> rifle. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And I mean, like her, her scene with Bedelia, Chio and Bedelia scene. I fucking love that too. Oh, it's inter- It's fun to see Bedelia drop the act for a second around Chio. Mm-hmm. I, I, she she was just talking like uh, I'd imagine Bedelia to talk. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And we've only seen her be kind of like vulnerable like that in one other time, and that's right after the murder of uh, yeah. pulling her arm out of somebody's mouth. Uh, <laughs> you know, was so- anybody getting like really delicious kind of Blanche Dubois vibes from Bedelia in this episode? Mm, I hadn't thought about that, but that's totally accurate. She was just really serving that for me Mm -hmm. Um, in all of just being a completely different person, no matter like a completely different person based on who she's talking to. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, Tennessee Williams would be proud. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was so blown away. And I completely missed this the first time I saw this. I watched this when it was airing. And I almost missed it again because I I thought she was shooting up heroin too, you know? And it didn't, I didn't realize until someone said, I think Will says something, and I realized what's going on. She is has created the perfect alibi for herself mm-hmm. because Hannibal's MO mm-hmm. is that he drugs and manipulates people. And so she has given herself a cocktail of the drugs that he gave to freaking Miriam Lass. Miriam Lass. Yeah. And to basically say, no, this is what was done to me. I wasn't a willing participant. I am a simple victim like all of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The first time I like the, the first time I watched the episode, like ever, I was like, wait, where is this like heroin thing coming from and then it was like yeah in that scene I think with Will and Jack Mm -hmm. where they're talking to her that like they list the drug cocktail yeah that Mm -hmm. she has made that is the Miriam Lass I think I was so like blown away by everything that was going on the first time I watched it I just that completely went by me but I was like this is this episode has like this is genius Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. I would argue if the season finale, if the season two finale is the best episode of Hannibal, this is arguably the second best episode. This was a tremendously good episode. Oh yeah. my God. And I know, are we going to talk about the scene in front of the Primavera? Cause I'll hold oh, off yeah. until then. 
Yeah, okay, just I'll hold off. Because, okay, hold yeah. because so it's just like if we're talking about like yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, part that's, of the reason yeah, why yeah, this is one yeah, of this, But is, I'll hold off. Yeah, let we'll mm-hmm. still talk about the ladies for now. Um, I've got yes. you, Lisa. I got you. <laughs> speaking, I've got you. Speaking of ladies, um, Lisa, mm. you need to have a lady in your life by the name of Kayla make a cocktail called the Miriam Lass. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that needs to happen. I think for our series finale, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's Speaking of the ladies though, it. I just want mm. to say there's a bit of foreshadowing of this in the previous season that I told to everybody, but Phil. So I'm going to now let Phil in on it. Mm. Do you remember, Phil, do you remember when, um, when Marco was pregnant and uh, Mason found out about it uh, and they're talking in the stable and he's like, he keeps looking. He's like, "What's something's different about you? You got a bloom. You've got a real bloom, Marco. You know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Foreshadowing. Like I noticed it then. You know, uh-huh. in this viewing, because now Marco does have she, a bloom named Alana. She does have a bloom. You know, uh-huh. and I was just like, "That's uh-huh. amazing." I'm so glad that you brought that up again, uh, Justin, because I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that that's a it's it was such a nice piece of foreshadowing." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Alana. And Margot, I, I mean, I, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. Couple. Yeah. I, I was yeah. wondering oh. why I was like, when they show Margot for the first time in like five or six episodes, her hair is black. I was like, Whoa, what? Like, why, why did they make that choice? And then, you know, you, it makes perfect sense. You know, these two people are basically the same person and lovely persona ish kind of way. Um, but Alana's yeah. turning into Bedelia, really. I mean, she, the hair quaffing going on with Alana right now. It's mm-hmm. like, she's like, I can't go to, you know, the vergers without, you know, a date at the salon and spa and a new wardrobe. So I feel totally. like, I, yeah, I feel like she's been Hannibalized. It's like, I was you, just go about through to say. The, you go through the Hannibalization process and you yep. come out like basically wearing armor. You come out with a because that's what she's lip. she's wearing armor now, and she, it's like all in her look. But she's yeah. sort of wearing Hannibal, like she's wearing Hannibal armor because she is. she's going into these suits like the way Hannibal does. She has you know excellently coiffed hair the way Hannibal does. Like like Hannibal leaves his mark on you, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Gosh, good stuff. But uh, okay. yeah, I'm good. I'm going to continue to give the high five for the oscar because yeah freaking jillian anderson bedelia dumarnier oh. just you know unreal even though to, to come back around to it chio leaving the elevator and be like wrong floor that was just a straight up pimp daddy move that was oh, yeah. uh, you know i was like go ahead girl yeah you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, no. and and the control that Jack has, I don't think season one or season two, Jack would have let her go. Would have, but, I agree. but this season, Jack was just like, okay, yeah, she's she's something to do with something here, but I don't need to be distracted. It's fun, right? You well, know, and they like, don't, oh, ha- and they amazing. talk all through this episode about how they don't have any outside support, like. They, it's kind of intimated that even if they went to the police, they wouldn't have any help because they seem to already yeah. know the police are bought off, yeah. compromised. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they can't like really do anything about her anyway, except just kind of leave her to the wolves, which she navigates. I mean, in you're right, Kelly Sue, in perfect Blanche Dubois fashion, like mm-hmm. her that scene with the 
inspector where she's all like, oh, I've never thought of myself as a victim before, but oh, yeah. maybe I do need to be rescued, you know, <laughs> like that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that whole, I've relied on the kindness of strangers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. I was, I was loving it. Mm-hmm. Well, to continue our love of Bedelia, we, I think the central part of this episode is her quote that all of our endings can be found in our beginnings. History repeats itself and there is no escape, which is an amazing, very interesting thing for her to be telling Hannibal as she's also telling him, I'm making my escape. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it, what do we see in this episode and what do we see um, in where all of these characters are right now that is history repeating itself? Um, and I'm, you know, looking at this, like repeat this new dinner scene, you know, that we've seen over and over and over again, where Jack and, and Will and Hannibal sit down to the table, um, this time, not so willingly, um, Hannibal and Will landing back in Mason's, you know, control, etc. Is it all just destined to be, um, does anybody have any control? That's a pretty wide open discussion, but I, I think, <laughs> I, I think in this show, we come back around to these sort of things because people don't stop wanting what they want. They have a hard time separating themselves from what they want. Uh, so that's why I think we're seeing a lot of these echoes now. Um, Cause they like three seasons in and they, they're still going after the same, maybe for slightly different reasons, maybe for slightly different, uh, uh, you know, slightly different intentions. Um, but still like everybody has not dropped. I, I think, well, no, even Jack, Jack is there for will. Like he's, you know, so it's even still kind of the same ish like ish i say justin pops his head to the side a little bit uh, (laughs) but i mean you know he's always kind of uh will has always been part of a component for him and i think he feels guilty about what he's done to will and so he's coming back for will uh to try to you know save will uh so yeah i think he's the one that's changed the most but it's still in the same sort of triangle still you know and we spoke a little bit about that last time or one of the last episodes that Jack is really the only one that has come out of this a better person, whereas everybody else is still kind of chugging away in the same, you know, down the same uh, uh, train track. And I and just to, to jump onto something Kelly Sue just said a moment ago, actually, Jillian uh, Anderson did play Blanche Dubois, if you didn't know oh, that. Right, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, she was. But I, I think you can watch it. It's streaming. So if you want to watch it, you can stream yeah. that and actually get her do the full Blanche. Wow. Everybody say goodbye to Kelly Sue. Her head just blew Hi. up. So we won't have her anymore. For... So who was her who was her Stanley Kowalski? You know, that's a good question. I think I, I got it right here. Um, Ooh, I want it to be hmm. like Liam Neeson. I, I'm gonna it was, was, was it was it was Ben Foster. It was Ben oh. Foster. Isn't wow. that one? Wow. Like that wow. would be really interesting, wouldn't it? I love him. <laughs> Justin has a look on his face. Yeah, Ben his... Foster. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. We all have our evening watch planned, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, absolutely. Anyway. The, the look on my face I, was the, like that, that was like the last person I would have expected. Yeah, me That's, too. Yeah, me yeah. Too. Wow. Not 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 it was not a judgment. It was a <laughs> yeah. it was a WTF. It was you know? a huh. 
Um, I just want to say like, just because it's funny, like we, we watched this, you know, the previous episode to this one on the train and we keep on kind of making train metaphors. Um, I love trains. Oh yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't? And like, Phil, you just said like, you know, everyone's chugging on the same train track, like still on the same track. And it's, um, so like, you know, just kind of remembering like the repeating of history, it's like, you know, Will getting thrown off the train in the last episode and as he stands as he kind of comes to and like stands and staggers down the tracks he's following the raven stag again mm-hmm. um where it's like he's still being guided by the same force that led him to mizumono you know and mm-hmm. um so for will it almost seems destined like it I mean, almost, I mean, it's the age old question. Is there such thing as free will? Oh, free will. <laughs> free will. Is there I such a thing as a there free is. will? Is there <laughs> such thing as a free will? I have no idea. I can't. We haven't seen him oh, yet. Man. I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think we have. Mm. I mean, determinism is a tough thing. The topic of free will, because I am reading a book right now that is debunking some of the deterministic views I had thanks to my study of astrology um, that says our free will as it pertains to creating a life that we want is really about our ability to choose to be greater than our familiar self. And when I see a character like Will Graham, I'm like, does he have a familiar self? (laughs) He's so I don't think he does because he's, because of his um, issues with empathy, he doesn't. He's everybody. He's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Hannibal is very much like, he is a product of his habits. Mm-hmm. Hannibal actually is unable to be greater than his compulsion. Mm. Mm. So put these two together. Wow, that's great because we spend so much time talking about how Hannibal is like always in such control, but he's not. He's an addict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's I love right. it. Yeah. Well, this kind of taps into a lot of my own feelings about free will because I don't believe in free will or in determinism, you know, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think that our fates are necessarily written, but I also don't think we have that much choice. I think that who you are is branded in your psyche and your soul. You know what I mean? I think that you don't get to control that. I don't think you get a choice. I mean, nature and nurture combine to make your choices for you. You know, you just, you know, it's just the illusion of you actually making an active choice. Um, I think the only actual choice that any of us have that is really free, because if it's something that can be taken from you by an outside force, it's not really free. Right. Mm -hmm. But what can't ever be taken away from us is our ability to choose we can all make choices moment to moment, even if it's just a choice about how we want to feel about what's happening. 
you know, I think our choices can... are already made in, inside of us. I don't think it's like sure. a, the universe is going to go this way. I think that we are programmed. You know, I think that we are programmed sure. by by life and by genetics. There's this, and you know, your program your program is going to run. You know, mm-hmm. there's this great there's this great article. Um, I'd have to find it again. Uh, it's actually I think it's in. It's connected to an apology to Mr. Ebert, like Mr. E- Roger Ebert had this whole thing about video games, and then somebody wrote an article that talked about something else and, and posited that the only way to kind of really break that, to break that sort of um, influence of our past and influence of the way we know things is to experience like great art, kind of breaks us and frees us from things like that and makes us live in the moment so that we, we have the ability to kind of recreate ourselves in that moment, to kind of be alive yeah. and, and separate from our past and our history. And it might be why Hannibal seeks out great art, mm. to kind of break himself from this sort of compulsion, compulsion that he has, to, to, to feel kind of mm. maybe free of something like well, that. I, it's, it's just an interesting is, thought that occurred to me. Um, um, it is an interesting like thought. But, uh, is I, he I, then I, trying to do that by, for other people by creating great mm. art? Yeah. Yeah. And it's certainly the dinner is an art. The it's what Phil just said has a real like. There's an extra seasoning. There's, an, there's a sousson of <laughs> of of greatness there, because then I think about Hannibal drawing the Primavera with the faces of Will and Bedelia. Sure. You know what I mean? And so that like that just you know. There's something there. There's something there. I I think there's something there. There's, I'm re, I, I just got through listening to um, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, which I, I think I mentioned last time I was listening to, or a couple times ago I was listening to, and he talks about um, the only real transitory act that we take as human beings is to die. That's the only real transitory act. Everything else, any moment in our life, we we can't erase everything that's come before us, unless we lose our memory, I guess, like get bonked on the head. Otherwise, everything that we become is still connected to everything that we were. So we can never truly mm-hmm. transition away from, so any sort of transitory moment we have in our lives is still very much connected to who we were in the past because we can't erase it completely. The only transitory thing that can occur is for us to die. That's the only real transition we take as a human being. Mm. Um, I thought that, I found that to be very interesting. Uh, I hate to pause us here. Yeah. Oh, food for, yeah. Oh, wow. You're the one who made us go thought, deep, Lisa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate to pause us there, but I'm going to pause us there because true to my promise to Lisa, and I would never, ever go back on that promise, uh, we have a museum visit uh, to take. We're going to do that, though, after a quick break. So, you know, you don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Fanables. If you're enjoying this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you collect your podcast. Check out our other ongoing show, that episode was, in which we have discussed Why the Last Man, the sixth season of The Expanse, and, you know, we're, we're going to be doing more, so stay tuned. Uh, we're just going to tease you about it for now. Uh, Follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social media platforms or sign up 
for our newsletter at popsiclepod.com or heck do both of those things um, for all upcoming and ongoing podcast and related info that's p-o-p-s-k-l-p-o-d Right. We are back and we're going to the museum. I just want to sit in this museum. I just like, I, I just want to sit there. I have no other comment for the group to lead us into this part of the discussion other than I just want to sit there and eavesdrop. And also I have always wanted to be, if I could be an artist, I want to be an artist who's just sitting in a museum for hours at a time sketching things I just want I just want to be seen as that person like just once in my <laughs> life and not be faking it like that would be amazing um I am going to turn to Lisa first because promises <laughs> okay so um I'll just start with the way this scene makes my body feel because um, I was noting it. I was noting it last night when I was watching it. I was like sitting on the couch and I felt like my soul sink to like the bottom of the Marianas Trench. And I like couldn't speak and I couldn't breathe um, because I was just watching this happen and I couldn't do anything else. I was locked. Um, and like just paying attention to what was going on, like all the, you know, pistons firing in my brain with everything that was going on because, um, it was like Hannibal, like we're talking about like repeating of history and stuff like that. And Hannibal talking about, um, kind of like existing outside of time like this whole concept of like will saying like there's there was the me before you and the me after you and like the and it and it just seems like Hannibal going back to like going back to the teacup again it's like he has power over time it seems and will is like to to end with it being like we're blurring together and like not being able to recognize the future or the past will saying that he feels guilty for all of the murders Hannibal ever committed before and all the murders he will commit in the future um was just I mean it was oceanic and I was just like this is it's one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> and as far as like sitting in front of art, do it. Like I, I wouldn't have there. had the, I wouldn't have had the um, impetus to do this unless I had like, I had been assigned to do it in art school. They were like, go to the museum, pick a painting, any painting and sit there and just look at it. Or okay. Like, I, I think the assignment was to sit and look at it for an hour. And I chose a Jackson Pollock and I sat in front of it and I just looked at it for an hour because that was what the assignment was. And then of course, like I had to write everything that happened as I was doing it. And it's a total game changer. 
do it. Man. It's so great. Listen, y'all, one of the most powerful moments of my life ever was when I traveled to New York City by myself at the age mm. of 28 or 29 or 30. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, for my birthday, because I had never traveled alone and I wanted to go to New York. And the first thing I did was I went to the Met mm. and I walked inside and I said, I want to go see Monet's Water Lilies today. So I walked over there and I sat my ass right in front of that painting. And just as I did it, I heard someone say to their friend, Maya Angelou just died. Oh. And I was like, sobbing openly, staring at this painting for probably 45 minutes, mm. having all the possible feelings because that woman meant so much to me. I'm sitting here and sharing this moment with Monet in New York city. Well, and, and this is what art does. Art is timeless is what, as well. It exists it's true. Outside of time. Yeah. And it'll sit there with you. Yeah. You it's know, the incredible. timeless, the timeless part of this scene for me is the fact that when Will comes in and sits down next to Hannibal, this uh -huh. scene feels like those moments in oh. any episodic series where characters who have never seen each other are finally together in the same room with each yes. other. And that yes. is so not the case for Will and Hannibal. All they have done is spend time in rooms together, <laughs> but this feels fresh and new, right? Like they are new people and it's, it's partly symbolized by the fact that they both had the ever living crap beaten out of them. They are so like, they can just look at each other and go, oh yeah, we've been through some shit. You've been through some shit. I've been through some shit. We're doing great. Oh man. It, it's just, it, it, there's that level of just like frantic energy almost mm -hmm. in the meeting, even mm -hmm. though it's, it's in this mu museum setting where it's quiet mm -hmm. and beautiful and calm and restful. Yep. But you can feel this energy of newly born whatever's mm -hmm. seeing each other for the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's your and yeah, so that's exactly much what it's like. Yeah. The feeling of them having like what what is like the cherry on top of an already gorgeous scene between these two characters who love each other so deeply is you can also feel like the impending doom outside. You can feel the walls closing in mm. and there's a, there's a real kind of finality to their conversation, mm. even though we know we have so much more to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they were Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, we would expect them both to like go out in a like hail oh bullets outside. But they're right. literally they're literally themselves, the ones who contain the danger for themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's in yeah. the room as well. Mm -hmm. um, hey boys, what you thinking? <laughs> Just Justin's <in> face. <laughs> You're on mute. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I have a long history with museums myself. Hmm. Um, I grew up in Washington, D.C., you know, where you a lot know, of museums and the Smithsonian was my shit. 
like I would go there all the time by myself, mm. you know, mm. to go mm-hmm. see things. And more often than not, I would find myself either in the Hirshhorn or in the National Art Museum. Um, I, I would often, I would sit, if there's a stairwell, and I, I, I haven't been there in 30 years, so I could be mixing up things, but there's a stairwell in the, uh, the National Art Museum. Uh, and I want to say Salvador Dali's Last Supper was on the wall oh. there. And that fucking painting blew me the hell away. You know, like it was, uh, it, it really affected me, you know, because, you know, I'm the least religious person I know, but religion has always loomed large over my life. So it really kind of hit me, you know, and I would, I would sit on those steps and look at it and tell, you know, some overzealous security guard would send me packing. Um, <laughs> um you know, I was listening to what Claire was saying, or, you know, I was listening to what all of the ladies were saying about time and timelessness and, you know, time being frozen and time, you know, and the sense of impending doom. And I too really connected to that moment. I recognize, you know, when there's a moment you're like, and, and Hannibal straight up says it, how I know I would have felt in that moment. And it's like, if I spent my every day with you from here on out, I would always remember this moment. Oh, it's it's the most romantic line. It kills all rom-coms forever. Forever. Like all romantic dramas. (laughs) It is one of the uh most romantic things I've ever heard a character say. Yeah. And it's, you know, which is all the more beautiful because these are two people playing to kill each other. Mm Mm-hmm you know and it's Actively. just in the same exact moment they're, <laughs> yes. they're also sitting there being like i'm about to kill you lisa's <laughs> lisa's dying right now uh, i'm i lisa's, yeah like i yeah. i'm it's amazing. well it's the epitome this whole scene is legitimately the epitome of goth it's like <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's, it totally it's, is mm-hmm. murder and gorgeous and romance and i'm gonna kill you and mm-hmm. the world is gorgeous but it's a terrible place like nothing has ever been more goth than this scene so yeah you know, so, it, so i need to like make sure that my heart stays inside my body right now <laughs> keep it and in there the great thing is because it's like this is what goth really is mm-hmm. you know this is not black clothes and listening to too much of the cure and you there's know. no listening to too much of the cure by the way there's no, there's no such, such thing, thing as that yeah Thank no. you. we just want to be very clear there's no such thing as no. listening to too much definitely there is such a thing as not enough um, I, i'm going to respectfully beg to differ but i mean i like the cure I like the cure, but <laughs> but there is such a thing as too much of the cure, you know. Um, well, we saw what it did to Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, but it's not it's not a lot of ruffles and bustles. It's not you know it's not gargoyles even. You know what I'm saying? It is it is love and death, you know, mm-hmm. intertwined. You know, mm-hmm. and like. And that it, it really boiled that whole concept down to its essence. Mm-hmm. And I have rarely 
felt a love story the way I felt that in that moment, you know? And like Will is overcome. They, they're both overcome by their love for one another, you know? Yeah. And it is that element of this show takes what are otherwise fun and clever, but not engrossing, not soul-touching procedurals. You know what I mean? Like Harris's books are fun and they're clever, you know, and but they're not emotional. They mm. don't they don't hit you where you live. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're a little yeah. scary and they're thrillers, you know, and they, you know, they're prurient almost, you know, but this is spectacular, you know. Um and uh, it's just satisfying. It's yeah. really, really satisfying. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know deep heavy size. No one wants no one wants to hear about, you know, how it made my body feel the way mm. we want to hear about how it made Lisa's body feel. But it really True. let's everybody talk about our bodies. Really, so what does your body really, feel right now? I was real, I did sit there and I felt, you know, this sort of it took me back to how I felt when I was falling in love with my wife in a very real way. And that was, you know, like, you know, cause there are moments there that I will, and I, cause I do spend every goddamn day with that woman and <laughs> there are, there are, but there are moments that I will never forget that will exist timelessly for me. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah, it was good shit. Yeah. Philip, how is your body feeling? Uh, at, at this moment, I'm enjoying listening to all of you talk about how your bodies are feeling. Uh, Unmoisturized. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, you, it, wow. You know, when, I, when I was watching this scene, I had a similar thought to what Justin was just talking about, that when you do fall in love with someone to this degree, it's almost like you die to yourself. Uh, like who you are just sort of is put aside. You're and it's just, be it's just full love with the other person. Like, and, and you get that very much from this scene. And, you know, we're also talking about museums and, you know, I, I go to museums for inspiration. Like I've directed, when I direct shows or films, I'll go to a museum and just like saturate myself with things. And I remember Picasso's blue period being a really big influence when I directed uh, Sarah Kane's 448 psychosis for the stage. Um, you know, just like, it was a remarkable experience to kind of have that sort of, conversation in a way with an artist that has long since been gone yeah. and their their stuff is still there you're, you're conversing with them um but you also when i when i go to a museum i also have a conversation with the people that are there and i, I go very much to experience other people watching looking at and see how it's affecting them and i got that experience from watching this scene as well like this felt very real to me in so many different ways um you know you, you have the art speaking to Hannibal as he's drawing. And you have this moment that you're watching from the outside when you're watching people at a museum, watching art. And it's, uh, yeah, it was a really remarkable scene that kind of in the midst, all of this chaos kind of happening and all this turmoil, just this very calm, beautiful uh, sit down. So yeah, it was quite lovely in a lot of ways. Excellent. Well, it's that time of the episode that we turn to 
our exquisite corpse. I think this episode we have a pre-corpse, an exquisite or do almost corpse. We have um, a nearly gonna, corpse. <laughs> yes, we're gonna, we're gonna hand it over to Kelly Sue to um, you know take us back to to dinner. We're back to dinner. <laughs> So <clears throat> I was doing some research around how to approach uh, Will as an exquisite corpse in this episode. And I was like, well, this time and parsley infusion is interesting. And so oh, it's kind of fascinating to think about where this scene goes in the books, right? Um, but what I ended up doing was researching cranial saws <laughs> um and different kinds of ways you can saw into someone's head and uh, um i learned about something called a burr hole and this is something that's done to relieve pressure in the brain typically but mm -hmm. it comes the, the word burr hole comes from the root word for what that procedure is, which is trepanning, as I looked up on the break. <laughs> um, and that the base of that word in Latin and Greek is bore, like to bore. And I was thinking about this in the context of what goes down between Hannibal and Will. They have this glorious moment, right? that we just spent so much time talking about. And then they go out into the street and Will moves to shank him, is shot by Chio, and now is back in the arms of Hannibal. And there was a part of me that was like, <laughs> was Hannibal bored by that? <laughs> Was he so bored by the fact that like, are you really shanking me in the street? <laughs> After what we just experienced, this was your plan? You're better than that. So now uh -huh. here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna sit your ass down <laughs> and I'm gonna saw the top of your head off and saute your own brain for you to teach you a lesson. Even Steven. <laughs> <laughs> This is how you kill somebody you fucking love, you amateur. <laughs> oh, goodness. those were my thoughts on this corpse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that journey we just went on. Because I was like, you know, I was starting to get real heady and intellectual about all that. And I'm like, well, you know, when you do this and blah, 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 and the brain and what that means and da, da, da. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's really hone in on this saw. I, I, <laughs> I love it. Like, I love it so much. <laughs> because I feel like, I literally feel like Hannibal was like, obviously he doesn't, you know, he's not going to be stoked that Will's trying to kill him. But it was almost like he took offense Oh, he like, absolutely took offense. You boring bitch. 
Yeah. That is will basic shit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I would have expected more. You basically. Yeah. Yeah, and like exactly. and like the fact like that he's kind of like needling him when will mm-hmm. comes to and he's like oh were you planning on gloating over my body in the streets exactly mm-hmm. doesn't god gloat <laughs> and then hannibal's, and hannibal's like where like, was all the time all the time <laughs> but it gives us a chance where was that fight in yeah. the street will graham <laughs> it gives it gives us a chance to have hannibal when he's taking care of the bullet wound which is a I just yeah. want to acknowledge one of the best bullet wounds on screen ever. Oh, like it's properly yeah, bleeding and gaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great job. Amazing. Yeah. But we get to have like that, you know, mirrored moment of mm-hmm. Hannibal injecting him with, some, but going through the mo- same motions that we had at the end of season two. Yeah. When he, you know, guts doesn't gut him, whatever oh that is. And holding, you know, like holding his head with his hand there. Well, this is not a part of the explicit forms, but I loved that moment when he was like, this is going to hurt. And so he holds Will like close to him like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, honestly, y'all, you're killing me. Okay. So so only one person is dead. I died so many episodes ago, you know, (laughs) dead. And it's so impossible for me. Whenever there are big moments like this between Hannibal and Will, I always think about them in that first scene having breakfast. Mm. Yeah. And I think to myself, all of this is there. Mm. This mm-hmm. entire trajectory and journey that they go on is all in there in that first scene they have together. Yeah. So it's funny because I was like, I mean, Kelly Sue and I, I mean, I was doing a rewatch of Hannibal before mm-hmm. we decided to do this. I was doing it just to, you know, for funsies. <laughs> funsies with my bestie. <laughs> Which inspired Kelly Sue to watch it for the first time. We ended mm-hmm. up like watching the last episode together. Oh. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, we're going to do this podcast now. So it was like right after watching all the mm-hmm. way through, I went right back to the beginning. Yeah. And started watching it again. Yeah. And it, you're absolutely right. It's all mm-hmm. there from the very beginning. It's all My, there. I just Time doesn't exist. Ha- having a it new not. picture of the from the museum to the dinner table sequence. And that mm-hmm. is, I now see it as Hannibal and Will in the museum having their first proper date. And it's the date where they both know they're going to get all the way home to home base. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then they leave their date and Will does not stick the landing like he 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 initiates you're being really the, kind in your phrasing the intimacy <laughs> well i didn't want take, to go right take to the shape the metaphor, metaphor all the way through just oh, take man. the metaphor all the way there like well, what's he, amazing is that we've all been there right <laughs> right yeah so, so after all of that build up and the 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 closeness and intimacy he initiates the intimate you know the physical yeah. intimacy in the most awkward way possible. Like he, he, he jumps the gun. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's not good. And so after that is it's all Hannibal saying, okay, no, no, no. Let me tie you up to the bed. I'm going to mm-hmm. show you how to do this. Yeah, exactly. The problem is the problem with this whole metaphor to me is that, you know, 
Phil and I are pretty much bound to one side of the gender divide and you guys are pretty much bound to the other. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's just uh, like, you know, maybe, you know, Philip and I are like, oh, Wills. And you three are like, Will. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, my favorite part of this entire thing is I was like, hey, we've all been there, not sticking a landing, right? And I looked to Justin and his face is like, not me. <laughs> oh oh if only that were true 60 oh, <laughs> percent of the time true. it works 100 percent of the time it works 100 percent of the time <laughs> can we play truth or dare right now we're ready to go oh my goodness oh my i never want to end this discussion right now i never no, no. like i don't want to leave the museum and that's you know i'm going right back mm. to my introduction as we came back from break i just that scene uh I just want to live there. Mm. I can play it over and over like a TikTok, you know, just let it replay, yeah. replay, replay. Yeah. And I'm good to go, speaking of faces. Anyway, um, that's our discussion. I'm going to turn to Philip now uh, for a recommendation. Um, we Ooh, wait. on, Will. I mean, with, Phil? With <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just after all that will comparison talk about uh, jumping the gun too early, I oh. think I think Kelly Sue just dropped the bomb on what she thinks, how she sees it. Oh my God, I I'm not sure how to take all of that. My favorite thing That's... I've ever done. <laughs> all right, all right, I get it, I get it. Um, uh, no, my <laughs> my uh, my recommendation. I just watched this this last week. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and I was kind of scared to watch it based on the trailer. Trailers don't usually like upset me. Uh, it's a French film called Titan. Um, the trailer was really a lot, like visually speaking, it's very visceral. Um, but I would rec. It's a very different kind of experience. A, kind of a serial killery sort of vibe to it. Kind of a love in unexpected places to it. Um, visually, it's really crazy. Um, uh, there's some gender identity kind of stuff that the film is about, which I found to be very interesting. Uh, I don't know how to process all of it because it's a little out of my experience. A lot of the stuff the film, it's directed by a French woman um, whose name I can't think of right now. Um, is it Valerie Carnoy? It might be, yeah. Because yeah. I was looking it up as you well, were there, talking and there you go. thinking, that's, hoping yeah. that's the right one. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I, I would like, if, I think if you love Hannibal, like chances are you'll get something out of this in, in a very real way. Um, it's funny during shocking moments. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. It's uh, 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 surreal in its visual sort of, uh, some of it's hard to watch. <laughs> Um, some of it's really easy to watch. Like it's it's quite the little piece of filmmaking that I'm still I'll probably pro be processing for a long time, and I'd be up for a discussion with this group about it. Um, yeah. Now I'm not sure I have the right. You don't. Thing the the director's all. name is, is Julia, Julia Ducournau. That sounds more appropriate. Ducournau, yeah, yes. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's T I T A N E Titan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's about life. It's about death. It's about birth. Um, it's about so many different things. Uh, mm. and like I said, being a cis white male, I'm like, what? 
<laughs> like, this is, like, huh? Like, I get, I, I feel this as I'm watching it, and I get some of this as I'm watching it, but there's still so much out of my actual experience in, mm. in, in, a, in a very, in a way that is hidden almost within the film, but mm. not hidden. Like, it, it, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, um, well, you definitely put yourself ahead of the curve just by saying, I'm experiencing something that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, these are raw emotions coming from this filmmaker about a lot of things that I'm like, mm. oh, wow. Like, I have. I really yeah. do want to watch it now. At yeah. first, I was yeah, too skewed, but now yeah. I'm down. It's, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend for Hannibal lovers. So. Very good. Awesome. My watch, my watch list and read list based on all of the recommendations that we have made over the history of our time together is long and deep and delightful. Mm -hmm. oh, it's wonderful. Anyway, well, that's it. We have, we have sat in the museum and we are now very satisfied. I hope. Um, join us next Tuesday for season three, episode seven, digestivo um, and as always you can help us by subscribing sharing and leaving a nice comment so until next time welcome to muskrat farm we hope you enjoy your stay This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.